Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. You guys, on Hi-80, we received flowers from the one, the only, Bono. Okay, let me tell you where I was. Do you know, like, when you're like, where were you That's when, like... It's called flashbulb memory. Yeah, it's a phenomenon. Right, it's like, where were you when Backstreet Boys got reunited? <laughs> no, although I, I'm going to see them in Vegas. No. That would be cool. No. Okay, where were you... When Hotline Bling came out. No! <laughs> Think about where you were when, like, either work or the Hotline Bling video came out, and you were like, who I was, was taking a shit, probably. <laughs> Okay, so this is where I was when I heard tale of the bottle flowers. I was working in the lounge space at Equinox Soho. Stop. (laughs) Full fucking stop. (laughs) Um, They're white roses, and it was a beautiful arrangement. And I texted Jessica about it, and she was like, this ain't for bottles. It's Just literally like, not. I was, like, truthing her. Like, there's no right. way. You were, like, maxing one 1-800-Flowers, <laughs> and then he, like, fucking ordered us that. The point is, Bono... No, there's no point. Bono made a declaration of his love for Two Dope Queen, so I'm like, obviously I have to smash you first. Edge ain't buying me no flowers. Bono bought me flowers. Wait, you were going to have sex with the Edge first? Yeah, because he winked at I me was. at that concert. Right. And so I was like, "That we have a connection. Bono and I never had that experience. You're going to like Yoko these guys. <laughs> Actually, I resent the phrase Yoko because right. it's like not her fault. The Beatles broke up. I mean, isn't it kind of though? No, because it's like the fucking dude's fault. It's like not Yoko's True. fault. It's John Lennon's fault. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. You've been doing the Beatles for so long and now Yoko's the Jezebel? Get the fuck out of here. Hey, baby, it's me, Phoebe. (laughs) And it's me, Jessica Williams. And we got a real sizzler of a show for you today. So put some fucking onions and squash on that grill. Mm. Caramelize those bitches. Mm -hmm. It's going to get real tasty. Know why? Because we got Nick Thune, Josh Sharp, and Alex English. So get ready. Here's the show. Bye. Those are some pretty good kicks. Yeah, those were like pretty high. Let me see one more time. Ooh. <laughs> Imagine being an action star and just being like, boo! <laughs> it's funny. Um, but uh, you, we haven't seen each other for a bit because we've both been on vacay. Yeah, we've both been on vacay, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to LA. Nice. You went to LA. And then we both went to Palm no, Springs. No, I, w- I wasn't in LA. I was just Palm Springs. Oh, you, went, you flew straight to Palm Springs. Straight to Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah. How was your How was your Palm Springs trip? It was great. Uh, There's a hot tub. At the house. So it was like we rent a, a house out mm-hmm. there, Airbnb. And then there's like a nice hot tub, which is really cute. We were by like the grocery store. It was really nice. 
Yes, you were. <laughs> you literally, you did not go camping. You just got an Airbnb. Yeah, I just got Airbnb, and then we just, like, all stocked up on food and alcohol, and then we just, like, hung out at the house for, like, five days. That's lit. I'm just trying to be, like, more adventurous, but I'm realizing, like, I have limits. So when yeah. Allison and I were in Joshua Tree, this isn't about you two, I promise. So Thank you so much. <laughs> No, but there's, like, a lot of, like, rock sculptures. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing, like, a photo shoot by one. Um, And so I was, like, standing by one of these, like... uh, Like, a lot of the the rocks just accidentally look like vaginas. They look like vaginas. Yeah, just because there's, like, openings and slits. There's a lot of... All it takes is, like, a line, and you're like, that's a pussy. Right, yeah. (laughs) So it's just vagina to the left and right of me. So I was like, Uh I gotta document all of this. Um, and so I did and then we were walking away we were done the sun was setting we're like okay let's leave and then like a coyote was Uh, like nearby mm -hmm. and Allison goes (laughs) does that mean does that mean come closer like it's not a cat cause she like wanted pictures and I'm like this is why I don't have white friends because you do goofy that's some goofy ass shit like Go to Google Images and just copy a picture from that and post it on Instagram. No one will know the diff. But also, that reminds me of my favorite show, Naked and Afraid. I watched like five episodes today. Um, I believe that I sent you a text about it and you didn't respond. I did. No, I did. I wrote LMAO, so ignorant. Well, (laughs) that is 75% of our text. So that's going to count as a (laughs) non-response. But anyway, this episode that I was watching today, this guy's thing was like, all right, here's what I... He was like kind of like a misogynist hunter type, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, ooh, baby. Yeah. Where he was like considering the, his partner that he was with, and he was like, yeah, you know, I checked her out. She's cool. Well, here's what I know. She's got great eyes. She's really cute. She's really sweet. Maybe, you know, just maybe we can make a love connection. And I was like, yo ass is not about to make a love connection with this woman for 21 days. He was okay, but he was just really problematic. Like, he had a lot of pride issues. And his big thing was like, I'm going to start a fire. I'm going to get this fire. I'm the king of fire. I can fuck up a fire. I'm going to get a fire. (laughs) And could I, I kid you not, this dude did not start a fire for 14 damn days. (laughs) And it was funny because it was so (laughs) sexual. Like, because all of it feels very primal, but between the two of them, you've got this dude like fucking working it, trying to rub two pieces of wood together and start a fire. And this woman's like, can I help you? And he's like, no, get back. And it's like, let her help you start the fire. Yeah. And finally she was like, I hate this dude. This dude is trash. Like (laughs) she started to do this thing where she would just like wake up in the morning and then she would walk off and she would be gone until like 4 p.m. Dude, that much. That's hilarious. And then finally, she they like they are in a relationship. That's a relationship. Yeah. So we were watching it like play out. We <laughs> literally watched it play out. Like it was insane. That's crazy. And she was like, "It's crazy because he's all talk and, he, and yet he's not giving me any fire." And I was like, "Shit, that's a relationship, dude." Yeah. And so then she like left early and got the fuck out of there. And then when she left. This dude started the fire, but there was no woman there to like see it. Oh, no. He deserved it though. He Tad, shouldn't have been there. No. He shouldn't have been there. You said Tad. Yeah, his name is Tad. Yeah, he's sure. Tad. <laughs> That's so trash. Ugh, best show. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know this girl I went to high school with is on The wow. Bachelor. 
Yeah, what's, dude. Wait, what's her I name? I don't know if you know. Her name is Jamie. She's the one who like had a septum ring. Is like, I have a wild side. And I was like, a person of color. And I don't know if you know this. Speaking of person of color, but on this season of The Bachelor, uh, a I'm black... <laughs> and it was hurting too much to keep it in. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Go back. Okay, go back, go back, go back. Okay. I don't know this. A person of color. <laughs> How could you disrespect Okay, we're, it's not like I me like this. Like, I just if I literally <laughs> had to sit through you talking about Bono or Bono or however the fuck you say his name and I can't just start to rip some ass like rip some serious ass while you're talking you can really yeah All right, of I'll course. think about it I'll do whatever it. you want I'm just saying like the bachelor you can you can burp rip ass whenever all right, okay. During a story about The Bachelor, but I'm listening. Okay. I'm going to move the mic so if I burp again. I mean, that's like the least, like it's a podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a minimum, like the ultimate minimum requirement is it's, that. It's sound. Yeah, yeah it's sound. Yeah. <laughs> Such a low, <laughs> low bar. Sound. Um... <laughs> okay, the batch. You're funny. Would you ever go on the Bachelor? No, there's not a there's not a world. There isn't <laughs> in multiple universes. If this yeah. was like Doctor Who or some shit, there's not a world where I would do that. Okay, good. What about you? No, <laughs> I wanted to be like when I was growing up. I wanted to be on the real world because this was yeah. like in the yeah. beginning when they, they were talking about issues, like they had jobs. Like it was oh like my gosh, so intense. Those jobs like were trash. I know, but I also it was like, like, can you like, can you guys like come together and throw a party? No, but like way back in the day, it was like they had to work at like a daycare center for like at risk youth. Like it was like legit. That's tight. Jobs. That's tight. Like yeah. I think that was a Boston season with Genesis. Am I correct? It's great. That's tight. No, I, they also were people that like. I looked up to when I was a kid. I was like, ooh, MTV is cool. Like, MTV yeah. is a place for cool things. But also, it's just really crazy because we've completely outgrown the real world. Like, we're older than every cast member. I think the limit is, like, 25. Yeah, so I couldn't be I got on time it. For that. <laughs> they do not want, like, a tired 32-year-old yeah. <laughs> who has, like, a heating pad when she's on her period. Like, they don't... <laughs> You, like, have, like, a hair wrap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm trying to watch NCIS. I don't have time <laughs> for you being drunk right now. Well, you know I watched the last season, like, the season before last, and for some reason they gave them all... They don't have jobs anymore because they were like, oh, nobody likes this. So they're just in a house? Yeah, they, like, are just in a house. But for some reason they gave them all those hoverboards... Um, every single person got it like when they moved into the condo what? it was so tight and stupid <laughs> um, so you would see like them just like 
I can't believe that you, don't you put your finger in my face. <laughs> it was so funny. I love that. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And if I could sing, I would have been, I would have tried out for American Idol. Mm. Why not? It's such a s- brutal culture. <laughs> I know it's tough, but like Carrie Underwood survived. Kelly Clarkson survived. Jennifer Hudson. She's the best case scenario, I think. You could have gone on a singing competition. You have a great voice. Um, Thank you. I feel like I don't, and I would have disrespected the American audience. No, I've heard you sing Christina Aguilera. You could, you would have turned two chairs. What a girl! I'm just kidding. I think you would turn two chairs on The Voice. I would just do musical impressions. Like, I like doing musical impressions. Right, but the fact that you could do it, I can't do an impression of Christina Aguilera. Yes, you can. I don't have it. Stop, 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 stop. You have the skills. No, 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 you have it, you have it. I don't have it. You need to listen to your heart. It's like, close your eyes. Okay. Close my eyes. It's like, um, you need to let, think of her. Okay. You need to really envision her, and mm-hmm. you need to un- like just feel your heart, okay? Okay. Like listen it. with your heart, <laughs> you will understand. Is that a Christina Aguilera song? <laughs> no, that's Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas. <laughs> You will understand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, just like, let it out. Just do Christy Aguilera. Yeah, yeah, do it. This is scary, like, guys. Like, just do like what a girl wants or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Her she, voice is insane. She's going to hear that big. That was fucking disrespectful. We like lost a listener, but it's like, it's like her voice is why like on Moulin Rouge, Lil' Kim only goes, hey, hey, uh, 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 uh. It's hard like, to compete. It's hard to compete. You guys ready for our first um <laughs> are so excited to have him on the show. You may have seen him on the Tonight Show. He currently has a special out on CISO called Good Guy. Please give it up for Nick Good! Um, thank you guys so much. I was just reminded of my last time in Brooklyn was... I don't know, not too long ago, but I'm, I'm a husband and a father, and I travel, you know, support a family, and just, you know, basic, really good guy stuff. <laughs> and uh, also enjoy adoration. And, uh, but I was in Brooklyn recently, and there's a burger place that, God, it's in Williamsburg, and I swear to God, it's the best fucking burger, and I can't even think about it right now. And they also have the best nachos. Somebody, come on. No, get out of here. <laughs> Commodore, yes. 
No, Commodore. I loved the Commodore, and I had I like had two really good friends, and I like just covered the bill. Like I was so happy that they were with me, and then we went and had drinks at a bar, and I think I had a few Greyhounds uh, drink of choice, and um, and then ended up buying the whole bar a round of shots. And then the bartender was like, all right. I'm like, yeah, I'll just bill out now. And then he's like, sorry, man, your card um, isn't working. And right as he says that, my phone is ringing, and it's, it's uh, my spouse, roommate. Um, and it, this is 2.30 in the morning in Brooklyn. We live in Los Angeles, so she's in bed and probably struggled putting a toddler to bed. And she goes, hey, I just wanted you to know I got a call from the bank and they, they wanted to know if you had just um, had a really fucking great time. <laughs> In Brooklyn. Like, I just wanted to make sure if you bought burgers for your friends and then bought a round of drinks for people you've never met before. Um, and they just wanted to also make sure that I'm home alone with a toddler. And I was like, fuck, fuck you, Chase. You do not call my wife. <laughs> you do not call her and tell her that I'm having a good time on a different coast. I, I didn't go to college. That was definitely an insecurity that I dealt with for years, um, as my friends did, and I, you know, worked. I think there's, like, two paths. You go to college or you mow lawns and DJ bar and bat mitzvahs. <laughs> and I took the obvious mowing lawns, bar and bat mitzvah route, and um, a couple weddings here and there, so... And then as I went on with my life and that insecurity kind of still sat with me, I did, um, you know, start talking about it on stage because I'm trying to be honest and talk about the things that I feel. And one time after a show, I'm from Seattle, and after a show in Seattle, this guy came up to me and he was like, hey, man, you actually, you did go to college. (laughs) And I was like, is this like some sort of like reverse uh, positivity thing you're doing to me? Like, yeah, man, school life. Thanks, bro. But, no, he's, no, you went to Bellevue Community College. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did briefly go to a community college. And I was, I was curious as to how he knew that. And he said, well, because you're on their website as a notable alumni. <laughs> I am a notable alumni of a community college. Which, frankly, means more than any bachelor's degree out there. And I looked it up, and yeah, I was there. And there was actually just two notable alumni. Me and Jim Caviezel. Which, if you don't know who Jim Caviezel is, this guy definitely knows. Jim Caviezel played Jesus in Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. So who are the notable alumni at Bellevue Community College? Nick Thune and Mel Gibson's Jesus. Which, by the way, Mel Gibson, the, obviously the best Christian out there, scoured the earth and chose this man to represent our Savior. And I know that when they chose me to be a notable alumni, they totally overlooked the fact that I went there for less than one semester and got a non-complete in all three courses that I took. Non-complete. Did not finish. Notable alumni. (laughs) One of my classes was body movement. Non-complete. All right. (laughs) 
And I did for a while, like, try and think of what I had done maybe there that was notable. And, and I remembered, so, you know, at a university, they just have accepted you already, and they start you off, unless you're an accelerated student, in 101, like the basic, you know. But at a community college, they don't know what you know. <laughs> it's like in the classroom, or like an 18-year-old kid that just got out of high school that's unaware that he's not college material, mixed with 46-year-old single moms that just want to get the fuck out of their house, and it's cheaper than a bar. <laughs> they want to know what you know and not put you in a class that's above your level. So they make you take a placement test when you're starting off there. And the placement test is a two-hour test that you take months before they schedule you. And it's just an overall knowledge thing. I didn't take tests well. I think that's why I ended up at a community college. So when you walk into a two-hour test, like five minutes in, I had given up and I was just circling the hardest questions. <laughs> like, maybe that's the test. And then turned it in 20 minutes into a two-hour test, and everyone in the classroom's like, look at this motherfucker. <laughs> See you in school, dorks. <laughs> and then the first day of school rolled around, and I went to my first class. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's an intense class, just by the time. Like, I was going to community college before I had to go to high school. High school started at 7.30. I was moving backwards in wake-up time. And my first class, Monday through Friday, was English 072. I didn't think much about the number. I thought, oh, maybe it goes backwards. <laughs> and when I walked into the class, I felt different immediately. And then realized that I had been placed into an English as a second language class. <laughs> Based off my placement test, they had put me into an ESL class. A week into the class, the teacher comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, I don't think you're supposed to be in here. And I was like, I don't think that's your fucking call. <laughs> because to be honest, I feel like a leader for the first goddamn time in my life. Thank you guys very much. This message comes from Two Dope Queen sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DopeQueens today to get 10% off your first month. When you see actor Danielle Brooks on the red carpet at the Oscars, she will be in full glamour and in grief. I've been with Sophia for so long, and I just know, like, after the Oscars, that chapter is really done, and that saddens me. I'm Kai Wright, a star of The Color Purple, honors the role that shaped her career. Next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Be 
choose. Show the people. So my sister-in-law is so cute. My sister-in-law, Liz. She found these shoes that say rosé all day on them. I love them. I think they're, they're so available cute. at DSW. They're like. It's funny because like there's nothing ever consistently available between DSWs, you know. It's like kind of like the like the grocery store after the apocalypse happens <laughs> at every DSW. Like just. Okay. That's very true. <laughs> so go the one in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> um, okay, should we keep this show moving along? Yeah, let's boogie. How's that sound, guys? Um, I'm going to bring up our next act. He's very, very funny. Comedy Central recently named him a comic to watch, which is a pretty big deal. Please give it up for Josh Babies, how are you? Angels, it's so nice to be here with you. Listen, let's get right to it. Um, I recently got my first hand job from a masseuse. Thank you. Norm- <laughs> Normally people clap like when you're pregnant or married. Um, it was an accident though. I, um, like, I, like I went thinking I was only going to get a normal massage and then I kind of got a hand job at the end. I say kind of like I didn't come. I came. That's a hand job. I mean, you can not come and it's a hand job, but if you come, definitely. Hand, it, it's one of those like squares, a rectangle, but a rectangle might not be a square. So the point is, if the point is it wasn't what I expected. And so I went in and right, right away I knew something was amiss because this gentleman was spending like a little too much time massaging my butt and like a lot too much time massaging inside my butt crack. And a masseuse will touch the butt, but not the crack. Not once, not never. It's not their purview, frankly. And, um... I mean, don't get it twisted. I liked it. You know, this is our trade secret, we homosexuals. Are there gay people here? Okay. Still, I mean, still a fucking away game tonight, though. That's all right. Listen. Hold on. Straight men. Straight men. You, hear me out. You must put things in your butts, straight boys. The prostate can be stimulated. That's where your G-spot is. Take it from one who knows, you know? And I know you're wary because it sounds gay, but, I, like, I got a fucking idea. Let a lady do it, you know? <laughs> Women have fingers now, too, bros. I'm still with her. So, um... <laughs> no, hold. Play, wait, we have to get back to the story. So then, at a certain point, I flipped over, and then this gentleman kept, like, accidentally brushing my cock. And I was like, I'm going to have to complain just because, you know, like, you misunderstand me, sir. But then my dick got hard, as dicks are wont to do. And, uh... <laughs> Wow, my whole perspective on the situation changed. I don't know what it was, but I saw the whole thing in a new light, and I was like, well, I guess we're doing this. And then, then things accelerated quickly, friends. The next thing I knew, this gentleman was up atop the table, and he said to me, you want weenie massage? Which um, he said in a thick Asian accent, I won't do for you because I'm a progressive. But, um, but if you want to hear it in your head that way, you know, girl, put your records on. I cannot stop you. So he was like... He was like, you want weenie massage? And I was like, yeah, a little, because I really only wanted it a little. I was like, this will be funny. But I was in such a deep and relaxed state. I've just never come so fast. It was just like a down, up, down, come situation. I was there like, ha, ha, this is a joke. Oh, no, now it's real. Oh, no. Oh, no, now this is a real thing I did in the real world. (laughs) 
And then, and then this dude had the audacity to be like, do you want to go again? And I was like, no. I mean, like, look at my cummy tummy. We are done, you know? The session is over. You can round it up to an hour. Congrats. I've had friends since this happened recently who told me they went to that spot and it has not happened to them. So as best as I can tell, it's not a tug job place. This dude just went rogue. And, you know, <laughs> I appreciate his entrepreneurial spirit, frankly. This is a podcast, right? This is one of those times I'm glad my dad doesn't podcast. Um, um, he's a lovely man. My br- dad and my brothers and I went to this little island in the Caribbean for Christmas. Cause we were, Let's do a beach Christmas. I, I snorkeled with turtles on Christmas Day in defiance of all that is holy. God herself was like, you rascal, you know? But it was fun, because I'm tight with my family, so we travel well. We always go on trips for Christmas, and then uh, we try, the other thing we try to do, my brothers and my dad and I, is like pick concerts to see together, to be like, let's meet here and see this. So this year we saw Adele at the Garden. Um, oh, yeah. Now, my dad loves Adele, which is sort of the point of Adele. So... <laughs> We went, and it's so fucking good. She closed with Rolling in the Deep, obviously. You're not going to leave them with, you know, someone like you. You want me walking out knowing there's a fire burning in my heart. So she, like, she kicks it into Rolling in the Deep, and my dad got his life. Like, like lip-syncing like a goddamn drag queen. You know what I mean? And uh, so I surreptitiously took a video of my father on my iPhone device, and I uploaded it to Instagram.com. And then it went, and then it went sort of viral. It got like sucked into the Adele Instagram matrix and had like forty-eight thousand views. And um, and so then at, this is all happening after the show. We're at the bar, and and at first my dad was like impressed and befu- like couldn't believe it. Like every ten minutes, I'd be like three thousand more views, and my dad was like, "Who are these people?" He was like, he was just like, "Who wants to watch me watching Adele?" You know, and then. He's looking at the comments, and they're all nice. But then one person tags their friend and is like, check out this old guy. And then, then my dad, yeah, he got crestfallen, and he was like, old guy. And he was like, should we take the video down? And I was like, I was like, dad, you did the full arc of the internet in 20 minutes. Like, the entire narrative, where at first, it's like boundless and so much possibility. You can't believe it. You're wowed. And then one person says a mean thing, you're like, shut the whole fucking thing down. No, I don't care. Shut it down. <laughs> He's a delightful man, though. Um, you know, uh, nearly a lifelong Republican, and he voted for Hillary, my father. So, you know. There's hope yet. There's hope yet. Try to be optimistic in times like these. I mean, well, first of all, this is what I've been stewing. And I do think we have to remember that this is, like, not the first time we've had a shitty white president. That's an age-old American tradition. If you think... Thomas Jefferson wasn't grabbing Martha by the pussy. You're fucking insane. He was for sure. And not and all of them, not just his wife. Martha Jefferson, Martha Washington, Martha Plimpton, all the Marthas. <laughs> but I do believe this is a uniquely bad moment. Um, I'm not trying to put a shine on a turd, as we'd say down south where I'm from. I do. I think particularly if you're a person of color, of immigrant status, like there's a lot to be worried about. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm male, but gay, but white, so I'm going to be, I'm fine. I'm a wash in privilege. I'm swimming in this stuff. For me, sometimes being gay is a nice, and I understand I speak only for myself here. I am not, don't extrapolate my experience onto my community. Think me not a HuffPo piece, but um, for me, for me, sometimes being gay is like this fun 
like hall pass, right? It allows me to feel like I can truly commiserate with those who have less privilege than I. So then my friends can be like, men are pigs and white people are terrible. And I can be like, yeah, I agree. And they're like, aren't you? And I'm like, teacher signed it. <laughs> I can be here. Um, but, <laughs> no, but, my point is I do think people of color and, and, and immigrants should be worried. I think white people right now should mostly feel ashamed. I do truly believe this is our fault. I think he's one of us. I think there's a lot of like white liberals, we, you know, this is, you're seeing a comedy show in Gowanus. I have a good idea of your politics. <laughs> but I'm speaking to the white ones here, the white liberals. I think we were like worried about a lot of this, right? Because it was the, it was a thing where he's like, you know, he's got Breitbart for brains and retreating white supremacists. And a lot of us are like, we don't do this. We don't do this. I'm like, well, maybe we do, you know? And ultimately, uh, there's this, you know, in the postmortems, there's a lot of this going around this idea that it's like, we got to, this is what happens when you call Trump supporters racist. This is like, this is why we can't call, you can't stop calling white people racist. And I agree with an addendum. We got to stop calling white people only racist because it really gets us off very easy. In my opinion, these days, we're like calling a white person racist just sounds like we're going around all the time just taking Instagrams and Native American headdresses and forgetting if Jackie Chan's Chinese or Japanese. Now, these are microaggressions are real and they are bad, but white people are so much worse than that, is my point. <laughs> white people are racist, full stop. Full stop, white people are racist, but we're white supremacists, right? Like, that's, this is, to me, when I reflect the issue, that there's long-standing systems that benefit white people, and they come at the expense of people of color. And it's one thing to say, oh, I acknowledge my racism, I want to acknowledge my biases, but it's another to try and upend systems that benefit you. It's, that's, like, a much harder struggle, I think, to have that happen. And, and the problem is, like, well, you know, white people want control, we want to dominate things. Even the conversations on racism and white supremacy, it's hard to have them because white people, like, dominate even that. You know, it's like, it's one of the, and so we got to do something. I mean, I, maybe we got to do something. Dra it's like, like, ask me if there should be reparations. Ask me. So my point is it shouldn't be a question I get to weigh in on. You understand? I should just like, <laughs> well, I should just log on to my Chase.com mobile app on my iPhone device and be like, where'd my money go? Oh, black and brown people got it back. Good for them, you know? Okay, so... <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, here's what I think for real, though, because we're doing, you know, it's fun for, I'm glad you white people get to clap, but <laughs> the thing I've been reflecting on a lot is that I do think uh, white people have to talk to white people to some degree, and I don't mean the ones in this room. I mean, you know, there's some people, you know white people in your life who need to maybe have this conversation. Again, from North Carolina, from like a shitty, I'm from a shitty little town you wouldn't visit unless your plane crashed there, you know? We used to have Roman candle fights. Do you know what that is? So you light a Roman candle, point it at another teenage human. That's how little you want to be alive in the place you're alive. I grew up in North Carolina. I went to college in North Carolina. And I recall the first time in college I moved into like a real apartment. And I moved into this space and a guy came down. He's like, oh, you moving in? I was like, yeah. He's like, you picked a good apartment complex, man. This is a good apartment complex. Bunch of wrestlers live over there, man. You ever been to a wrestling party? I was like, no. He was like, oh, man. Wrestling parties are crazy, man. They're crazy. Girls lifting up they skirts, showing you they pussies. He said, girls lifting up they skirts, showing you they pussies. It's a disgusting sentiment, but it's beautiful poetry in a way. <laughs> girls lifting up they skirts, showing you they put That second they, it's affecting and arresting. Like good poetry should be. It's, it's girls lifting up they skirts, showing you they pussies. This happened a full decade ago to me, and once a week I say it out loud just to hear it come out of my mouth. Girls lifting up they skirts, showing you they pussies. 
listen, I have to go, but I'll leave you with this. Um, we'll just, you can all have a turn and say it one time if you want. You can opt out if you feel the need to, but on three, if you want, you can say it and just see how it feels. So, okay, one, two, three. It's got a buttery mouth feel, like a California Chardonnay, doesn't it? I don't know. It feels nice rolling off the tongue. I have to go. Talk to white people, white people. Bye. See you. Give it up for Josh. When you see actor Danielle Brooks on the red carpet at the Oscars, she will be in full glamour and in grief. I've been with Sophia for so long, and I just know, like, after the Oscars, that chapter is really done, and that saddens me. I'm Kai Wright, a star of The Color Purple, honors the role that shaped her career. Next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Up our final act of the evening. He was in the New York Comedy Festival. He does a lot of work for the Lady Parts Justice League. Yeah. Please get up for Alex England. I like this crowd, I like the look of this crowd, particularly this front row right here. I like y'all, fuck the rest of them. That's right, I like y'all. No, 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 I like y'all. I like y'all for a very specific reason. Let me tell y'all, I like y'all because y'all look like the exact same people who sold me this outfit at Urban Outfitters, y'all do. But then, like a couple, I can still see some of y'all, I can still see some of y'all, like this man and this man. You, you two look like the bank tellers who told me I overdrafted my bank account <laughs> shopping at Urban Outfitters. That's right. Because I am absolutely broke, y'all. Anyone else in here really broke? <laughs> Let me ask y'all something. Has anyone else been so broke to the point where you go to a breast cancer awareness walk just for the free t-shirt? Anyone else? The left side of this crowd is judging me, but some of y'all... Some of y'all over here have been that desperate for clothing. Y'all have been. Oh my gosh, I love the breast cancer awareness t-shirt. You should know that about me. But here's the thing. Some of y'all, like this gentleman right here, he's looking at me like, you have no goals or no aspirations whatsoever. He is. He is. And I mean, it's like, no, man, not really. You know, I do actually. I see my comedy taking me to like red carpets at award shows and stuff. I would love to be on the red carpet and see the reporters. They see Will Smith. And they're like, oh my gosh, Will Smith, Will Smith, who are you wearing? He's like, ha dude, this is Ralph Lauren. Then they run into Michael B. Jordan. Oh my gosh, Michael B. Jordan, who are you wearing? And he's like, ha man, this is Gucci. I know I sound a lot like Will Smith you just saw just now, but... Uh, <laughs> This is Gucci. Then they get to me. Oh, my God. Award-winning stand-up comedian, Alex English. Who are you wearing? And, y'all, I would never forget where I come from, right? I would look that reporter right in the face and be like, dude, <laughs> this is Susan G. Coleman. That's right. 
love that, man. I love that. I'm loving Brooklyn right now. I'm loving being in Brooklyn right now. Brooklyn, make some noise. Yeah, man. Yeah. But I actually just celebrated living in New York City for four entire years, you guys. I've been in New York. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. I usually don't get that response when I say that. That's right. That's shocking, because nobody's ever excited about that, right? Nobody's ever like, oh my gosh, Detroit, I've never been. They're always like, oh my gosh, Detroit, I'm never going. Uh, they will say that right to your Detroit face, I'm telling you. But I live, I live in Brooklyn now, I live in Bed-Stuy, but when I first moved, yeah. Yeah, I, I live in Bed-Stuy now, but when I first moved to New York City, I moved to the Bronx, New York. That is not how I felt when I moved here. Uh, man, that is, I was not howling. I was shouting for way different reasons. Uh, but no, that's just a weird thing. That's a weird thing to let come out of your mouth in a conversation, right? That you moved from Detroit, Michigan to the Bronx, New York. Right? Because think about it. That's like a woman telling her friends that she's leaving a guy that's always threatened to shoot her for his friend that's going to threaten to stab her. And I don't care what kind of woman you are in this crowd, every woman in here has had this type of girlfriend. I started to become this girlfriend bragging about her shitty life choices. I started bragging to my friends back home like I had this awesome new boyfriend that they just never seen before. So the conversation was just always like, y'all are just jealous of my relationship with the Bronx, okay? The Bronx treats me so nice. He's a little rough around the edges. He's black. But he speaks Spanish for some reason, and I don't quite understand that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Y'all, y'all, I'm having a really great time, but do you realize, as a stand-up comedian, sometimes, sometimes you don't get good shows? Can you believe that shit? Can you believe sometimes as a stand-up comedian, things do not go your way? I'll have a show that'll go either one of three ways, right? It'll go either really good, like now, goes really bad, Goes really bad or it gets really weird. Yeah, this show I had in particular was really weird. I had this show back in Long Island, so yeah, that was the first mistake. Uh, but I had this show back in Long Island and everything was going good, right? Everybody was loving me, having a great time, enjoying my jokes, except for this one dude. One dude was not feeling me at all. So bad, so bad, he decided to start booing me. Black folks in the crowd, Apollo style, tried to boo me, right? I'm glad I heard some of that shit in here, right? But he tried to boo me on stage, so I'm going into my next joke. All I hear is this, boo! Boo! Nah, man, nah, boo! But he was the only person doing that. Thank y'all, I'm on stage being gorgeous, and he's off stage. He's off stage being a complete hater. He was the only person doing it. So just before I could say anything to this guy, before I could address him, I kid you not, this older black woman sitting right behind him, she was just like, no nigga, boo you. That faggot is funny. She got up and walked just like that. Like... 
Let me say right now, I'm glad y'all agree. Uh, but she said that shit. That faggot is funny. And I was still on stage. And I was just like, why? Because two very important things have happened here in this moment. If some of y'all haven't been paying attention, I have been greatly insulted, but very flattered at the same time. Right? right? And some of y'all are not laughing at that shit, and I love y'all for that. You know why? Because you respect me. That's right. You respect me. You stand there, and you're like, you know what, Alex? You don't deserve stuff like that. You shouldn't be spoken to like that. And you're absolutely right. But here's the thing. I am nowhere in stand-up comedy where I can put my self-respect over my career. I just can't do that. I can't do that. So much to the point where I went up to this woman after the show. I found her. I was just like, ma'am, uh, was that you that called me a faggot in the middle of this show? which is a very strange way to start a sentence off when you begin talking to someone. But with no shame at all, y'all, this woman looked at me in the face and was like, yeah, baby. That was me. And I was like, ma'am, let me buy you a drink. All right, my name is Alex English. Y'all have been amazing. Have a good night. Give it up for Alex English. You just heard Alex English, Josh Sharp, and Nick Thune. Two Dope Queens is produced by Joanna Salataroff, Jim Poyant, Paula Schumann, and Rachel Neal. Our team includes Joe Plord, Matt Boynton, Ed Haber, George Wellington, Isaac Jones, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was composed by Jeff Brodsky. Are you kind of tired of hearing our voices all the time? Ew, gross. Then you should see pictures of us being queens on our Instagram, at Two Dope Queens. You'll also see some of our fan art. Yeah, and you know, babies, 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 and more babies, but also babies. (laughs) Who else? Babies. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe, 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 okay? Rate us five stars. Get us up on this iTunes chart. We are trying to make all that bank. Spank you. Thank you. Bye. Can we talk to Paul McCartney about this? You think he listens to Two Dope Queens? Absolutely not. I what think if he that sends dude, us flowers? I wouldn't believe it either. At a certain point, <laughs> I, I if it was like Nick Vial, I would believe that he sent us flowers <laughs> just because we obviously hate him so much. And he's like on Dancing with the Stars. Like I oh believe anybody gosh. on Dancing with the Stars would send us flowers. I don't think somebody like Bono or Bono or Bono sent them. Oh my God. He's, I swear on my life, he sent them. I just don't believe it.